future of work has become an elevated topic in today's post-pandemic, and I might add turbulent economy, and with good reason, especially as we take into account disruptive technologies such as artificial intelligence finding its way into the industry. Welcome back to ClearPath, your roadmap to health and wealth. I'm your host, Al Waller. And joining me today is Catherine Collinson, founding CEO and president of Nonprofit Transamerica Institute and its Transamerica Center for Retirement Studies. In this first segment of our two-part episode, she'll be discussing a new report from her team titled, Stepping into the Future, Employers, Workers, and the Multi-Generational Workforce. It examines employers' offerings and workers' unmet needs based on a survey of 1,800 for-profit U.S. employers, and it features comparisons with a survey of 5,700 workers in for-profit companies. So, Catherine, could you start us off by sharing some of the survey's top-line findings? Employers are grappling with workforce issues ranging from attracting and retaining talent to productivity, flexibility, and return-to-work policies. In today's rapidly evolving environment, many employers are reevaluating their business practices and benefit offerings. But the big question is, are they in sync with their employees' needs? Al, to put some numbers behind employers' predicament, our research found that 69% of employers cite one or more workforce-related issues as major concerns for their company's leadership. And more than 6 in 10 employers, 61%, reevaluated their health, retirement, and other benefit offerings in 2022. These findings are stunning uh, because, you know, during my career as a human resources consultant, we typically didn't see this level of concern as employers typically held the upper hand. That said, I think the fallout from the pandemic significantly altered the landscape for employers and doing business as usual just doesn't cut it anymore. A lot of companies went under, people saw their jobs disappear or their demands expanded due to telecommuting, which when it's managed appropriately provides flexibility and, and savings. But on the flip side, could provide abuse uh, placing employees on that uh, 24-7 treadmill. Today, I think both employers and employees do share a greater sense of their mortality. And to that point, what did your research reveal about employers' commitments to their employees? Al, it was quite striking. Most employers feel responsible for their employees. More than 8 in 10 employers feel responsible for helping their employees keep their job skills up to date and relevant, for achieving work-life balance, maintaining their mental health, and maintaining their overall long-term health and well-being. Must say, based on my experience, these are some fairly high percentages, so I got to ask if the research truly explored the extent to which employers are backing up this sense of responsibility through their business practices and benefit offerings. Al, that's a really pertinent question, and I think you're on to something. We saw disconnects in the survey findings regarding employers themselves, along with employer-worker disconnects. Well, by all means, Catherine, let's dive in. And oh, by the way, we've uh, been hearing quite a bit about flexibility in the news these days with lots of headlines regarding employers and back-to-work policies, so I'd really be interested in what you did learn on this particular front. The importance of flexibility is something that everyone agrees on. In fact, more than 9 in 10 employers and workers agree that flexibility is important. 
When we delved into the employer's offerings, the survey found that 93% of employers offer one or more alternative work arrangements, ranging from flexible schedules, remote work, and hybrid work, to things like compressed work weeks, job sharing, even the opportunity to take a sabbatical. So in my view, some of the headlines that we're seeing are far more extreme. For example, the ones with draconian return to work policies, we're just not seeing this in our research. In fact, more than nine in 10 employers offering one or more flexible or alternative work arrangements, um, I'm not sure employers are getting the full credit where credit is due in the flexibility department. Agreed. I think it's safe to say we've come a long way because I can remember lobbying long and hard to get clients buy-in on the flex arrangements you just mentioned, and it really wasn't easy. But with advancements in technology and necessity brought on by the pandemic, when managed properly on both sides, I might add, it can really provide a boost to morale and productivity. And oh, by the way, it expands the pool for talent and opportunity. And, you know, to that point, both of my sons, you know, they love their work and their jobs, but also their respective cities. And thanks to this newfound, you know, or offered flexibility, each can have it all without having to move. Now, another hot topic is the ability for workers to manage the requirements of their employers and work-life balance, especially during the pandemic when we were locked down and workers were working from home, juggling household responsibilities. Those uh, challenges really intensified. So I'd I'd really like to know how folks are faring these days. Work-life balance is an area where we see some interesting findings and some disconnects. Employers and workers alike agree on the importance of work-life balance. However, employers may be overestimating the extent to which they think they're actually supporting their employees. Specifically, 96% of employers believe that they're helpful in supporting their employees' work-life balance. However, only 75% of workers feel that their employers are helpful in this way. Well, during my days in the trenches, I found that supporting, managing, as well as maintaining my own work-life balance uh, was sometimes not a fun adventure, you know, with numerous course corrections and recalibrations along the way especially as the economy and employers' needs evolve and as workers' personal circumstances change. However, I want to point out that uh, the risk of burnout is significantly real, and it's something we, I think, have to be very careful in monitoring and protecting ourselves against safeguarding work-life boundaries. Now, what are some other insights uh, your team's uh, research uncovered? As we've often talked about on this podcast, People have the potential to live longer than ever before, and a worker's time spent in the workforce could easily span 40 or 50 or more years. At the same time, as you've mentioned, employers' needs are constantly evolving. For workers and employers, it's imperative that we all keep our job skills up to date. In the survey findings, we found a dramatic disconnect. While 88% of employers feel responsible for helping their employees keep their job skills up to date, only 17% of employers place a great deal of emphasis on professional development among employees of all ages, including those age 50 and older. At the same time, 
fewer than half of workers, only 49% of workers, indicate they are keeping their job skills up to date so that they can work as long as they want and need. Well, you nailed that one because that's a huge disconnect. If um, employers are you know, truly sincere in their desire to remain competitive, they need to invest uh, the capital in their employees or you know, talent, really. And it goes without saying workers also need to do their part, investing their time, seeking out opportunities to grow their skills through, well, on-the-job experience, uh, training, and continuing education, which you know, at times may occur outside of normal business hours, uh, such as you know, perhaps preparing to sit for professional certifications uh, in human resources. There's the PHR and SPHR designation. So there's got to be commitment on you know, both sides of the table. Now, in addition to keeping job skills current, it's critically important that we all maintain our health. So what did the research team unearth in that regard? Employers and workers are indeed concerned about health, and there's even some level of agreement, but also there's a disconnect. 86% of employers are concerned about their employees' physical health, a well-founded concern because 69% of workers are concerned about their own physical well-being. But in contrast to these concerns, only 34% of employers offer a workplace wellness program to support their employees' health and well-being. I guess I'm not totally surprised, but I really do wish the news was uh, better on this front. Actually, Al, in recent years, there has been some good news. The number of employers offering workplace wellness programs has been growing. Obviously, it's it's not there yet because it's still only 34%. But the good news is we have seen some growth in our survey work. And for our listeners out there who are interested in learning more about workplace wellness programs, we've dedicated a section of our website to the topic at transamericainstitute.org. Good to hear, Catherine. Now let's move on to mental health, an issue of significant concern that's really been prominent because of its impact on not only the quality and enjoyment of life for workers, but also carries some major productivity implications too. So what did this piece of research reveal? Mental health is top of mind for all. Most employers, 85%, are concerned about their employees' mental health. These concerns are well-founded as the majority of workers, 61%, are concerned about their own mental health. I want to underscore a very alarming finding, which has tremendous implications for employers and workers. 43% of workers indicate they often feel anxious and depressed, and the percentage is even higher among Gen Z and millennial workers. Again, the research finds a glaring disconnect. Only a third of employers, 33%, offer an employee assistance program, or EAP. For our listeners who are in need of mental health support or may know someone who is in need of mental health support, Transamerica Institute has recently implemented a new mental health guide, which can be found on our website at transamericainstitute.org. And yeah, to piggyback on that point, Mahala Vince and I have dedicated a number of episodes of this podcast to mental health related topics. So if you haven't already, I'd encourage you to be sure to check them out. And uh, in a similar vein, I'd also like to underscore that if you or a loved one are experiencing a potentially life-threatening mental health emergency, please seek immediate help by calling 911 
or calling the free confidential National Suicide Prevention Line at 1-800-273-8255. That's 1-800-273-8255. Now, Catherine, before we wrap up today, I'd like to circle back to one of the research findings where you mentioned that many employers have actually begun reevaluating their benefit offerings. So could you please expand on that one? My key takeaway for employers is to ensure that your business practices and benefit offerings are well aligned with your employees' needs. Doing so could improve employee recruitment and retention, and it could enhance the employee experience. Employers out there, if you're unsure of your employees' needs, consider asking them by conducting a survey. My key takeaway for workers is that many employers have reevaluated their benefit offerings and many are continuing to do so. Therefore, it's especially important to read announcements and pay close attention to any new benefits so that you can take advantage of them. For job seekers, benefit offerings are a meaningful aspect of an overall compensation package, so be sure to do some comparison shopping while considering employment opportunities. In short, my key takeaway for both employers and workers is do your homework. Well, Catherine, as always, thanks for your in-depth research and sage insight. And for our listeners, if you're interested in reading the new report, Stepping into the Future, Employers, Workers, and the Multi-Generational Workforce, along with other informative materials, please visit www.transamericainstitute.org. And also, be sure to join us for part two of this two-segment episode, which focuses on retirement security. Until our next episode, this is Al Waller reminding you to stay safe, be well, and thanks for listening. Clear Path to Your Roadmap to Health and Wealth is brought to you by Transamerica Institute, a nonprofit, private foundation dedicated to identifying, researching, and educating the public about retirement security and the intersections of health and financial well-being. You can find our weekly podcasts on WIPR's website and mobile app, wherever you get your podcasts, and at transamericainstitute.org forward slash podcast. Clear Path to Your Roadmap to Health and Wealth is produced by the Transamerica Institute with assistance from WYPR. The information provided here is for educational purposes only and should not be construed as insurance, securities, ERISA, tax, investment, legal, medical, or financial advice or guidance.